Welcome to a special of Israel Tech. I'm really great to be here with the founders of Israeli Tech Delivers No Matter What. I'll let you ladies introduce yourself, but maybe Aliza, I want to actually ask you first, here we're at where you work at Startup Nation Central. What is it about Israeli Tech Delivers? How did the campaign go about? What was the goal that you guys were trying to achieve? Okay, so this campaign actually started two and a, month, two and a half months ago when uh, we were all shocked after the October 7. And everybody was very busy with the humanitarian uh, challenges. And the group of us, we were sitting together, you know, and representing the Israeli tech with Viola uh, and uh, the GCMO forum, which has a very, very big representation of many CMOs from the Israeli tech business. And we actually said, listen, we need to take care of our sector. And we need to make sure that we are protecting the sector because we know the sector is very resilient and we need to tell this story loud and clear to the global customers to make sure that we will have business continuity and uh, that we actually equipped the entire ecosystem with the right messages, with the right tools to be able to amplify the resilient story in front of the customers. So that was the original intent of this campaign. I'm Arav, I'm head of marketing at Viola. Um, what, does, what does Viola do? So Viola is the largest tech investment group in Israel. We manage over $5 billion. Uh, we invested um, in over 200 companies, Israel-related companies. Uh, some of them are Israel's biggest companies like uh, Iris and Spionis, similar web. Uh, firm analytics, uh, Payson, and so on. We uh, have four uh, different uh, investment vehicles. So we basically start from uh, seed stage, like first check to our companies and take them up to uh, IPO. And we also have a uh, debt uh, investment um, vehicle and a dedicated fund in the fintech space. At the um, beginning of the, of the world, just after uh, the event of uh, October 7th, we... Uh, spoke with our companies and you know there was a lot of uh, challenges on exactly on business continuity like this like this was the the major problem because a lot of uh, employees were needed for uh, reserve duty like uh, between 10 to 15 percent of the employees were gone to, to reserve duty and a lot of um, uh, companies started to ask us, uh, what should we do? How should we manage? How should we maintain this continuity? With you know, uh, people were staying at home. There was a lot of uh, alerts and we couldn't go into the offices. We started to uh, have a lot of discussions with founders and CEOs. From these discussions, we understood that there was a need for specific messaging to the world to uh, convey the message that Israel continues to work, we continue to come to the offices, and if not, we, we can deliver even if we are working from our homes. So I think that was uh, the preliminary goal, uh, just uh, to uh, provide uh, some answers to customers and investors out of Israel, just calling our uh, portfolio companies and asking them, how are you? Are you able to work? Are you able to deliver? Are you, will you be able uh, to uh, continue uh, developing um, uh, products or doing customer success and so on? We had to come up with some kind of message. And then we spoke with our friends from Startup Nation Central because they 
are doing a lot for the brand of the uh, Israeli tech ecosystem outside of Israel. And we said, let's do something together because we need to get the message out there. And then uh, together with Sophie and the GCMO, we gathered, we gathered a lot of from the marketing, uh, uh, like marketing professionals, just you know, gathered together and put our hands and said, let's find some kind of uh, messaging that will you know, help us uh, deliver the, the notion that business continuity can be done even in times of war. So that was the goal. How is it different from, let's say, um, during lockdowns and Corona? Obviously, people had no experience really working from home full time, and then that had to happen. Um, were there similarities and parallels? So basically, the Israeli ecosystem uh, has, uh, has always been very agile. We have passed the COVID experience, so we know how to manage in times of working from home, right? So that wasn't new for the ecosystem. I think what was new that a lot of employees were uh, in reserve duty, and that meant to a lot of companies just, you know, managing differently, uh, having to um, find new solutions either by, you know, different platforms that uh, provided assistance or by taking a team and, you know, letting him uh, do something uh, completely different. But the amazing thing was that, you know, we always say that Israeli tech founders are very agile. And I think the events of October were just uh, proof of that exactly, right? I mean, the agility of the Israeli tech ecosystem was at its best. Sophie, you're heading up, or, or you're co-founder of a GCMO. Co-founder. Co-founder. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what GCMO is um, in general, what it was, let's say, before the, the war, and how has your responsibilities changed given as priorities have changed in the Israeli tech ecosystem? So first of all, the forum exists for um, five years now. It was co-founded by me and by Shiri and Frat as well. And we, the idea was to get all of the leading CMOs and VPs of global companies operating from Israel under the same roof, first for networking, but then for educating the next generation of marketeers and providing us the, the next GCMO, next gen, if you will. So we were doing these two main, main things. Uh, all three of us are members at the forum. It's a very strong forum. We have each other back from sharing suppliers from all over the world, but also changing minds, etc. I think at the beginning of the war, as uh, Elisa told us um, just, just a minute ago, we were all in a state of shock and we were diving into whatever we could. So we, we, we did mainly humanitarian jobs and also we, we went to, um, you know, I'm speaking from, you know, for myself, I'm, I have my advertising background, so I went back to my ad, ad, advertising friends and we, and we started work on, on different campaigns just to, just to do something. And I think after two weeks, right, two weeks, we came up with this, okay, so let's do something for our own community and put our leg down where, where our weight will be shown. So that was the initial idea for us get, get, get together with me. From from the forum, there is Amit Bivas, Yel Shatsky, and Johnny Steele from from uh, ex Pioneer, and also uh, our fourth leg in this in, the, in this effort is uh, Carmel from Atrio. Atrio is a, is a branding agency. So we we got together and we started to think how 
first how we convey the message and how we get it correctly without saying because there, there is a war here so how how do we say despite of the war without being rude or be or, or neglecting that situation and and saying to the world this despite of everything we continue to deliver as we always do we actually saw how the industry really not only adopted the message of Israeli tech delivers no matter what but actually walk the talk and by by actually delivering product early earlier than expected by by uh, seeing investments um, new investments by seeing new merging uh, of companies so I think that this is really showing that we never stopped correct and uh, and I think this is the beauty and and this is very much the beauty of this campaign if I may say is I think it because it was not identified with anybody it was an right. open source campaign so everybody could you Take it and use it as he wanted and we saw it everywhere we saw so much so many ways of creativity and and for me seeing the founders of the company posted it not even the marketing people in the organization that was amazing because it was a strong business message and we were very picky about the words deliver because this is what the most is the most important feature for I would say attributes to the customers they want to know that they're going to get their product on time This is why the deliver or the delivery message here is so important. But we do it regardless. Even the circumstances are very unusual, we will do it. And, and I think this is why the industry embraced it. And the outcome of this that we saw, I think we continue to see it. I mean, and this is still ongoing. And, yeah. and we see and we see even evolution of this. But I think as of today, we have more than 1,000 startups. Which is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Adopted this and, and still putting it in the front. Do you think this is uniquely Israeli? Or do you think that maybe, obviously, what you would know, other cultures, push comes to shove under certain circumstances would do the same thing? I think it's very Israeli. <laughs> I'll tell you why um, it is. I'll tell you why it is. I, when we had a, our, one of our suppliers in, in Ukraine for my SaaS product, Cyphalenser, when the war broke out, when Russia invaded Ukraine, Um, I was worried are they gonna like deliver what's going on especially in the earlier days in the war it seemed much scarier for mainland most Ukraine and um, of course I worried are you gonna deliver was you know I was you know they had the key they had the keys to my product <laughs> and so in a sense there was kind of like I sense that there was the the CEO was very much committed to making things happen and work and communicating that but there was this sense of like, lack of unity and a lot of people left. On the other hand, when the war broke out here, they said 130% of the reserves that were called, so more than anyone that was called, volunteered and came back to Israel, people that were abroad or away. Because yeah. it was a holiday, so a lot of people would travel on holidays um, and people came back. So there's this sense of, we have an obligation to step up and deliver that I find is uniquely Israeli. I think, as I, as I told you before, the main uh, character for Israeli tech entrepreneurs is agility you know you know matter what you uh, throw them in the sea they will swim right? right they will definitely deliver and it's not the it's not the first time that we've seen the tech ecosystem deliver under war right so we had several events during the years and also SNC if you want to mention that uh, you have a you have a research showing that even in previous wars tech ecosystem was strong enough to 
to overcome that. I think the one thing that was a little bit different this time, that we are living in a uh, very different year. So we have global economy, which is, you know, struggling this year. Added to that, the judicial revolution that had some kind of uh, effect on reputation of Israel in general and the Israeli economy in particular. And then you add a word to that, you know, three factors that uh, made it a little bit difficult for companies to fundraise. And I th that's the one point which I think is a little bit different for the Israeli tech ecosystem this year, which is why we are so proud of the uh, founders who, you know, they maintained their business continuity. They said, you know, I know personally of CEOs who told their team we are going to do better than our uh, competition in the US. You know, the customers uh, told them, you are a country in risk and we are not sure that uh, you are going to deliver on time. So maybe, you know, we're considering not signing a new contract. And the CEO said, you know what? We are going to do better than the US competitors. And, you know, we are going to um, uh, show on every meeting and the CEO was at every meeting with every customer, wow. you know, during this period just to show them that they take it seriously. And, you know, we know personally of CEOs who were in the shelter getting on a Zoom and speaking with the customer success or with the CTO or with the CSO or CIO and telling them we are here even under sirens, even if we need to go to the shelter once in a while, we are here and we continue to give them, give you whatever we promised you uh, we, we will do. And that is amazing. And we know that the CEOs of the Israeli companies received amazing feedbacks from their customers and from their investors on, you know, just continue showing up, providing whatever they uh, promised to deliver. And this is, I think, something which is very, very uh, unique to the uh, Israeli uh, entrepreneurs, I don't think that you'll find it anywhere else in the world. Right, I think so too. So do you think, in a sense, one of the, the silver linings yeah. of, of the war is that sometimes you know, when, when things are tough, we overcome them, we do what yeah. we can to overcome them. Um, and that makes us stronger in a sense, right? Do you think we'll find the tech ecosystem actually more resilient, more stronger, better well-networked, more unified, um, better delivering for their clients because of the war, um, because the need to feel like to step up will have us then force us to be better than our counterparts and competitors abroad? So basically, I think we have no choice. Like Golda yeah, Meir said, exactly. We have no choice but to do better. It's a difficult year for technology at large. Global economy is not making it easier. And the situation is uh, in Israel is even doubling the challenge. You need to understand that for um, enterprises or investors outside of Israel to continue working with the Israeli company, it's a risk and they don't love risks. Right. So for them, they need to de-risk, right? Uh -huh. We need to continue and say, you know, Israel is not a risk. We have been there before right? and we come out better from right. any challenge that we have been experiencing in the right. past. We are seeing, you know, there are challenges, I won't lie, right? We, it, nothing is perfect and nothing is too pink, right? Uh, the reality is, is, uh, is not easy. We're seeing fundraising go down. We're seeing less M&As and so on. But 
We're seeing amazing entrepreneurs. We're seeing new startups come up with this new innovation wave of general DVI. And we're seeing uh, a lot of uh, ambitious uh, teams. And you know what? I think even from the um, military um, activity now, there will be a lot of innovation coming Start out that, yeah. of the army, right? That, that's where a lot of the innovation So the combination comes from. of the needs of the army and the Israeli technology skills, the combination of them is going to bring out something really interesting. I believe that this is going to be like the new wave of uh, big uh, Israeli companies out of Israel. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, do you want to speak to that, Sophie yeah. or Lisa? Uh, higher risk, higher reward. Yeah. So those that are worried about the risk, yeah. people would always say Israel is a little more risky. There's far more reward in more risk. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why the yeah. Tel Aviv stock exchange yeah. has outperformed almost all stock exchanges historically. Yeah, Lisa. Yes, another sector to add to what Meraf said, another sector that we see growing is the mental health sector, right. under the health sector. And I think this is also a, a great example, unfortunately, in a very right. bad circumstances, correct? But we see that the necessity actually create innovation. Right, like always. And this is, this is the story of our life, correct? Because this right. is what we do in Israel forever. We have, we have innovation that was, is, is a result of necessity of challenges, unfortunately. But the, but this is the innovation that we are very proud of. It's yeah. a different innovation than other countries. Yeah, it's not a standard innovation. Right. And <laughs> uh, this is why it's so quick and it's so agile. And it, by the way, it's Startup Nation Central. We call it impatient innovation. Would you say it again? Impatient innovation, I love because that. this is what we see in Israel. We see impatient innovation. Unlike the standard innovation, here it's impatient. That if you look, people are not waiting to get permission to do something. And, and they're acting very fast right. and responding very fast, as we did, by the way. Yeah, this yeah, is a great this... exa example for impatient innovation. Yeah. And if you look uh, around you and all the uh, uh, citizens that actually volunteered and uh, the entities that were established like in, in few days to help to solve humanitarian challenges, this is an amazing example for impatient innovation. Right. We are not waiting to get permission. We just right. act to solve the problem. Right, the, and we didn't, we didn't need the government involved, we didn't need yeah. anyone else. But also, the, the country of Israel is very optimistic, correct? Right. And, and, and not afraid of taking risks. So all this combination together is the story of our life. And this is no matter what we will deliver, because this is what we have to do. So I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more about mental health. There is a new initiative that, that, is, that is dealing with post-trauma and actually uh, creating an immune system for soldiers that are getting immune before going to war, and then it reduces the, the state of post-trauma. Wow, how do they do that? By, by this, some sort of video game that the soldiers just see before going to battle, like, and, it, and this immune lasts for uh, 14 days. Wow. Yeah, and, and so it's, it's crazy. What is this video game? What is it's, yeah. uh, huh? No, uh, no, it's no. like a regular video game. It, it, it was uh, designed by uh, Professor Yair Barchaim. He's the head of psychology in the at Tel Aviv University. And now, and it was just in the lab. And within two months, it, it, it became a product, right? right. More, all of the units now are becoming immunized. And it's crazy, right? It's, and within two months, not only in tech we deliver, we deliver... The, we are as Israelis. We right. have we have this something in the water right. that it's we have to deliver. Right. We, we have to get this done. Right. No matter how through the window through the door we'll, right. we'll, get, we'll get it done. So. Yeah, I mean the, the brand Israel Tech was just like born. I was planning on launching in March, April. 
already had the logo and the brand. I was like, all right, we'll do it later. I was waiting for some people from my team to return back from maternity leave. And I was like, well, now's the time. And I just put it together and just started making phone calls and let's go. And so yeah. it's, do you just make it happen? You know, I'll, I find there's a lot less talk, more action. It's like, we, you have an idea, let's walk in and let's execute. Um, it's not about, e it's less about egos. It's about the mission, the vision, the goal. And uh, that's very uniquely Israeli, and we've been very resilient through that. Yeah. Um, how much of that culture is out of necessity? Do you think maybe it comes from maybe the army, or where do you think this culture comes from? And, and how are we able to, those that are working in tech, keep that kind of culture being able to innovate and rapidly adapt in order to improve our technology and also better serve our customers abroad? So I think it, I mean, it goes back to what, to, to what I've just said before. It's in our water. It's in our nature. To live here and live in prosperity in, in, in the Middle East, come up with uh, cherry tomatoes and thriving the desert, this is what we do. We don't take no and we just find a solution. So we continue to do that war, through wars and through um, Nice times as well. So, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the book Startup Nation Central right. is based on that. Right. I mean, so, right. So. Actually, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about Startup yes. uh, uh, Startup Nation Central. Yeah. What are you guys? What do you guys do in general, let's say, before the war was your mission? And how has it adapted since? Oh, beautiful question, because actually what we do today is this is what we were born to do. We are a nonprofit organization, which is important to say, uh -huh. uh, established 10 years ago. Uh, with a very, very clear goal to strengthen the Israeli economy and society. That's it. Amazing. But focusing very much on the Israeli tech sector. So what we want to do is to bring the Israeli tech uh, industry to the front, to the global world. We are here to connect the people in the world that are looking for um, solutions, innovative solutions with the Israeli, which are the, you know, the problem solvers mm -hmm. with innovation. So our focus here is to connect Israeli startups, the Israeli tech ecosystem with global entities uh, to bring them together to actually to create better business. So your mission hasn't changed. This is so almost the, mission, the goal. Correct. So but what, how does your day-to-day, -day, let's say, work look like now compared to before Shoshana no. last year? So for us, it was very obvious that this is what we have to do. So as soon as the, as, as the crisis or as soon as the, as the war uh, started, it was very clear to us that we need to stand for the startups, correct? So within two weeks, we established here a war room called the Central Hub. And after a week, within a week, we got requests from around 600 startups asking us to help them with funding, with the business connections, with the advisory. So this is, this is immediately what we did. Of course, we are not bringing the funding ourselves, but we are doing the connections with partners like Viola and other venture capitals, etc. So I would like to refer to the GCMO forum, which uh, I'm a marketer already 30 years in global companies and, and, and is in the Israeli ecosystem. And I have to say that this is the best, most valuable community that I'm a member of. That every time that you are reaching out, you will get a value proposition. Always get best new best practices, new knowledge, and for me, this is a place that if I need something, I need a shortcut, I can get it very, very fast. And, and the team members are super professional. And I think also I have to, to give credit to Sophie and her uh, peers. This is a, a very, very uh, well and efficient uh, organization or community. Oh, but one of the best, if not the best for me. 
Yeah, so do you want to talk a little bit more about like GCMO? Because yeah. from the outside, right, people just think, oh, it's just a group of people that are doing similar things. And mm -hmm. so they get together and maybe they just, you know, they have a WhatsApp group like a lot of other people. But how has GCMO been able to mobilize to help each other and make a difference for the Israeli tech ecosystem? So first, it's a community in a, in a, in a very profound sense of community. We are here for each other. Uh, when we interview new members, we have um, no um, SL-free policy. We we can exclude members based on their personality, even even though if even if they're uh, holding a very high position, because we need mentions before anything else. And I think this is the secret sauce of the community of the, of the forum, because we are here from you know we're holding each other back. So this is one. And second, and we're trying also to maintain it very friendly. We organize, not now because of, because of the war, but we're going we're gonna go back to it quite soon. We are holding uh, meetups on various subjects, from professional to uh, you know just just hanging out and having fun. And we are allowing people to make friends because you know, as you said at the beginning, we all of us are people, so it's people to people, peer to peer. This is one. And second, that is also very important for us, is, is as I said earlier, is educating the next generation. Mm. All of our members are very committed to this mission because they are asked to uh, give lectures and to mentor young marketeers. And I've never had a no when I reached out to Aliza or to Mirab or to all the other 170 members and asked with, with an ask. I also got a yes and what more mm -hmm. can I share or can I give? So I think this is the, um, the true essence of the community. What are the main uh, requests that come to the GCMO community? If there's certain kind of mentorship, what kind of mentorship is it? Is it to get into marketing, better understand tech? Isn't it? What, what, is the, what is the value of the community, someone from the outside that wants to join? What's the first thing they feel in addition to community, a sense of belonging, and obviously a vast wealth of information? Okay, so basically what we do, we, we mentor or teach the global marketing practices to local marketeers, and then, the, and then we help them elevate themselves into global marketing roles. But I, just want, but I also want to convey some, something else. The reason, the first reason, the main reason that uh, GCMO was um, founded is, is was when I was working at Outbrain, and the, the CEO lives in New York and the CMO, they were looking for a new CMO and they weren't even thinking of me. And I was operating from here doing regional roles because I was not an American marketeer. And I was like, but why? I mean, I'm qualified enough. I can do it from here. And then it, it occurred that there are others like me that were doing Fantastic marketing from here, you know. You, you only look at all the all the fantastic companies, you know, Pioneer and and uh, Fiverr and Lemonade and Microsoft. Everything is operated from here, so why not just change this notion? And we started to so so GCMO was founded, and we started to work on, to to convey this message. And then came Corona, and very easy to convey that. It doesn't matter where you sit it. It's based on your talent and not on your location. I, I would because, you, yeah, because you could have worked from everywhere. But right. before that, it was 
it was we had a hard time convincing. Right before Corona was four years ago, yeah. I did a live AMA with two other marketing agency leaders, mm -hmm. competitors, about called Keeping Your Marketing in Israel. You can search yeah. for it on LinkedIn. We did a live there on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is that we had some clients, and there was like this thing going on right before Corona. Oh, let's take our marketing to America, be near sales, or maybe the CEO had to temporarily relocate there and he wanted near him or herself. And then what we found was that they're slow as hell. They don't understand longer, generally speaking, longer sales cycles that involve in Israeli tech. Even if they're tech marketers, it's usually B2C. Many of them are in America. They don't know how to move fast. They don't know how to deal with chutzpah. They don't know how to push boundaries. They're always, okay, I reply to the email. I'll get back to it tomorrow. There wasn't this sense of like urgency and ownership. And I think when Israeli marketers are working on Israeli technology or in general, if you want speed results and people to, to tell them, hey, do this, they'll, if there isn't a way, they'll make a way then working with Israeli marketers, I found is a huge advantage. Um, and we found that we have, uh, I have an American client, there's no connection to Israel, there's even one Jewish company, a big cyber company in LA. They stopped working with my company, Wadi Digital, twice and came back a third time. Their town hours buying because they keep trying to go. Their VC first pushed them on this other marketing agency who charged them triple and they're too slow to reply and they make all these promises and they don't deliver, speaking of delivering, and everything's just, they don't know how to move quick. And they didn't have the B2B tech, let alone the cybersecurity um, experience, this other agency. And so they came back a third time. And we have another client signing back a third time that's in New York. There's no connection to Israel. And this is what we're finding is that we're able to be far faster. We're able to make things happen even when they can't. Um, there's a will, there's a way, uh, as Herzl would say. And that's kind of been a prime part of Israeli culture. And you see that in marketing and in the, the GCMO network. Yeah, I think there's another angle for that. Israel was um, for a long time a B2B uh, kind of uh, ecosystem, right? Gradually, you started to see more and more digital distribution, right? And you see, it's by the way, it doesn't have to be B2C companies, right? But the, uh, we are living at the age of uh, digital distribution. And I think that the Israelis are very strong at that skill. That's what um, enables us to basically do great marketing out of Israel and not take a uh, CMO or have the whole go-to-market uh, out of uh, the US. But I think we have a really strong muscle in digital distribution and you see the uh, go-to-market team of Payoneer and Iron Source and SimilarWeb and uh, Monday and a lot of uh, other huge companies, you know, which are global companies and they have like, I don't know, 30 or 40 or even 100 uh, markets uh, all over the world, but the marketing is done from Israel. And I think that's because we have that uh, skill and we have developed it, uh, developed it uh, during the, the last you know, 10 to 15 years. And that's an advantage to work, uh, that enables us uh, to, uh, to work out of Israel. Do you think there's uh, a lot of growth into B2C in Israel? I'm seeing a little bit more wearable oh, yeah, definitely. and some things. Definitely. So, yeah, no, this is fascinating to me, mm -hmm. right? So w where do you think, why is this happening now? Where is it coming from, kind of? Because in a sense, I mean, it, it didn't come from nowhere. Um, I want to get free. Where do you think? Where do you think it came from? Because a few years ago, you would have said B two C Israel pass, right. but now we're seeing that's not the case anymore. Right. I, it's, I think it's developing pretty rapidly. You have Platica and you have Arian Source, Lightrix, and you have uh, Simply, 
I think it's a combination of um, part of it is a result of having uh, Google and Facebook operate in Israel and they have uh, a really strong team in Israel and they work with the Israeli tech ecosystem to develop that skills and just you know try to initiate more and more uh, just you know uh -huh. um, on the, they have people on the ground helping B2C companies and that's been very helpful and I think also you know it's part of the uh, evolution of um, the the age maybe that we are living here uh, at that um, businesses are not uh, either B2B or B2C the tech enabled services you can have everything basically you know uh, you're driving in um, you want to uh, to go in New York from one place to the other and you're taking Uber right right so basically Uber is the technology company is it the uh, driving uh, company? driving right? right so that's the question so the same question to uh, almost any vertical that you right. want, right? Buying an apartment, you can have an app that you can just pay $5 and uh, be a part of a group that uh, buys the uh, apartments. You can uh, uh, order food, food from anywhere uh, you want. You don't have to uh, go to the grocery and these are the, the, basic, the, the basic stuffs. I think the opportunities in B2C are immense. We have a long way uh, to go yet. Right. And uh, I think because of the skills in digital distribution, I think Israeli, uh, Israel uh, can build uh, large companies in that space. You know, by the way, you know that consumer businesses are not only consumer goods, right? right. Take, for example, a company called Fay or Lemonade, right? They are doing insurance for consumers, right? right? But that's a B2C company, right. totally, right? We used to have like the checkpoints of Israel, right? right. Doing a B2B or B2SMB. Now you have a lot of uh, Israeli VPNs, companies B2C that do uh, B2C companies, like we, we can uh, secure your uh, personal network. That, that's something right. that, uh, that wasn't uh, before. So basically consumer touches almost any vertical that we know of. Right. That's a good point. So, yeah, if you can, I'll, I'll say something that was interesting that you're talking about like what's developing as industries as a marketer and stuff I want to hear from you after, Elisa, um, that I found the one company is like natural intelligence really developed, I think, a lot of Israeli marketers that had no way of learning or anything that really brought them in. And then another industry, which is a dirty industry, which has been banned, but I've seen so many people get really Forex. I have seen some of the best SEO, we have a big S, and advertisers, and landing page optimization, conversion rate optimization. I've seen some of the best marketers come out of Forex. Um, thank God it's banned, or I mean, it's an immoral industry, but the I found such just regular folks that would have never made their way into tech or marketing or anything have really found that as um, as a launching pad. Yeah. yeah. I have to add to what Merav said, I agree 100% with her analysis. Uh, I think also that as a marketeer, even, even I'm doing I'm a B2B, at the end of the day, I'm doing marketing to the persona and right. not to the business. Right. So I need to find you in the relevant channels. Even right. if I'm doing a LinkedIn campaign, or, 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 or I need to find you in the Instagram and the LinkedIn. Right. So the message needs to be very much to the persona and not to the business. Right. Uh, and this is why we all have to add to change the attitude and to come with messages that are talking to the individual and not to the company. And that makes everything B2B2C. Right, right. That's, that's a great point. That's one of the challenges that maybe, and Sophie, I want to hear you uh, chime in as a marketing leader, um, is the how do you speak to the individual? You know, 
in marketing, unfortunately, businesses do marketing behind a logo, not behind a human. Or people don't associate. People want to connect with a human. They're like, I don't know who's posting this, who's behind this, where they're located. Um, so I think maybe bringing that human element, if you have a strong personality, if you're an extrovert, if you're strong on socials, use an individual can actually help lead your Israeli tech company through your personal brand. Not always, It might be better, um, uh, more effective and be able to provide more value than doing it through your company's uh, social media pages. First of all, I agree with, with Eliza because, yeah, we, we, defi we definitely advertise or market to human beings. It's H to H all the time. And the CISO that buys uh, this, uh, the system in the morning, he plays with the kids, is, this, is the same person who plays with his kids in the afternoon. And to your point earlier, he needs to listen to a story that will convey him. And then we need to acknowledge the insight that we need, that we can push because if if we understand that what he buys from us from my product is is sense of security for uh, or or sense of belonging doesn't matter and we can play on that this is what will differentiate my product from the from the others and this is something that exists in b2c and b2b doesn't matter and i think that the b2b industry in Israel, the marketing B2B industry in Israel understands that now, this fact that the B2C marketeers know for, you know, you will buy diaper based on what it makes you, for, for, for your child, based on what it will make you feel as a father, right? You will be proud that your, your child is wearing this diaper because the it's the same, the same notion. So, uh, you know, and that's why I think ma marketing has evolved in a way but then but also gone back to basics after this, this last 20 years it it went all the way to digital from branding to digital and now it's 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 back to telling a story but but a real story that you can put a KPI on that story and then deliver on the story and then sell on the story and this is you know a daydream for for a for, for a marketeer Right, it, it really is. I, I've always say I'm I'm so blessed with what we're, yeah. the work I'm able to do, and you know the human to human, the people we get to work with, yeah. and their stories and all of that. Uh, that really needs to be when we're doing marketing, and specifically when we're talking about Israeli tech delivering, that that is the story of itself. It's not just like a tagline, right? Is that we're here? Is that the story? Is that we're working from the bomb shelter? The story is that the CEO is getting on calls with, that he wouldn't have during times of peace and when you know, they may have had more time on their hands, right? Is that we're going to prove ourselves and we need to retain our um, our clients even more. So we're going to over-deliver and prove that. You know, we're going to bring in more friends and partners and things to help support us. Our spouses and our children, everyone else is stepping up to do what they can. You have nonprofits like, you know, so Lisa, like you with a Startup Nation Central, helping however you can, in a sense, having kind of like uh, a startup war room right here in the hub. So I think there's a lot there that we can do, and it really goes around the stories of the individuals that kind of crafts the uniqueness of the Israeli tech culture and Israeli society, which makes us deliver more than anyone else, whether it's in peace or in war. I think the beauty and the success of this campaign of Israeli Tech Delivers is that we haven't invented anything. We just put a headline on an existing story. Right. We, in, that's it. Right. The story 
is this how we are rolling for the last 75 years? So, and that's why this campaign was, was uh, adapted within the tech system beca- because of its truthfulness. It was amazing to see how viral it got. Like people felt it was their campaign. That's what, it that was, was amazing to see. Right. Like people posted that there were no logos on the campaign uh, to begin with. Uh, it was our decision just, you know, to make it just a clean campaign, right. just for everyone to uh, feel comfortable, just to put it on their social. Either you're a VC or a founder or a CEO or a CTO or, I don't know, a customer success, whatever you do in the ecosystem, then it's, it's your message. And it, you know, it started rolling out and uh, we were like, uh, you know, we felt so strongly about the message and we put it out to the world. And we just saw people starting, you know, to embrace it because people felt like they needed something to be proud of, right? They needed some, some sense of um, togetherness to say to the world, we are united, right. we are strong, right. and we can deliver no matter what will happen, right? right? And we're on the right and the moral side of history, no matter what others will say in the world. And the tech industry is just an example of Israel's agility and Israel's capacity to take something like a desert and turn it into a beautiful, green, successful country. You know, that I haven't mentioned this before, but you know that today um, Israel is uh, standing at the third place in terms of VC funding for generative AI companies. Third place. I mean, this is unbelievable, right? And uh, we were just uh, looking at the SNC report, 1,600 companies in the climate space which is unimaginable, right? Yeah. So we have the solar edge of the, solar edge of the world, right? right? But you have early companies like doing uh, fintech for climate, right? right. Carbon points or, uh, I don't know, uh, like really amazing things. Like we invested in a company called Mash Foods, which uh, turns the mycelium from mushrooms to alternative uh, for meat, right? Uh. And they're doing amazing work in the, in the US. So climate, Health tech, right? Of course, fintech and cyber, which are you know the uh, the basics of the uh, the Israeli ecosystem. So and agri food, right? So so much innovation from such a small country in the size of New Jersey, right? Right. And I think that's the magic. I mean, everyone in Israel feels they are part of the same community, right? We are right. the same tribe. Exactly. Right. And that's I think that's the magic of this. Uh, you know, in generally, that's the magic of this uh, terrible and really challenging time we are living at. But also, this is the, the place that we are taking our strength from. I think, you know, you said something made me think of thing I would say. I, always, I used to say that a lot of Israeli tech and innovation, um, and from the interviews I've been doing for Israel Tech, have been coming through a lot through the military, through the need of the military. But you just described a lot of industries that aren't related to the military. And so I think what we're starting, starting, we've already been seeing for a few years, I mean, but it's coming more to the surface, is that Israeli tech has become now uh, a thing of its own. It's 
almost in, independent of the military in a sense, which is a good thing, that we can then go and take technologies that we've learned from the military and now how can we, through our networks, um, now readapt them and change them for other things that aren't necessarily defense related, like maybe cybersecurity or AI, et cetera, but you're seeing it more now in, in food, in climate, yeah. in, in FinTech, et cetera. Israel is really famous for its um, intelligence uh, units, right? A200 and so on. There's a lot of technology in the army, in the cybersecurity space, right? But now we're seeing this in other spaces of the military, right? Uh, which we probably cannot imagine, right? You have the Iron Dome, by the way, which right. is an Israeli inno right. uh, innovation to itself, right? I believe that uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, interesting, right. uh, fascinating things. But I, I'll mix something yeah. up, just I'm totally messing things up, right? So Iron Beam. Like, VR, for example, yeah. I, you know, uh, units are going uh, into houses uh, with uh, equipment that is basically, they're looking like, a, you know, uh, like half robots because they, you know, they have abilities that they never had before. Hopefully they will, they, this will, you know, help us uh, stay, stay, you know, Amen. keep them alive and uh, keep them safe. Um, but the the abilities of uh, armies all over the world is amazing today, and I think because Israel is so strong in technology, then we can you know uh, um, combine the uh, uh, the capabilities that we developed um, in the intelligence units, but also outside these units, and then you know maybe this is going to be the the space that is going to. Um, Develop, develop the, the next uh, global companies out of Israel. You know, we have the pioneers and say Iron Source and Mondays of the world. Maybe we'll have like uh, the next, I don't know, uh, you know, army related uh, or security, defense related, right? That's the, the word I was looking at, say defense tech. Right, yeah, and, and there's, you know, there's a lot of things that we can see that are used, let's say in the military, that we can, you can see that technology and those individuals involved with that technology bring it into the private sector for regular use. So I was thinking like the different kind of robots that are being used to go into these houses full of terror in Gaza or in the tunnels, these maybe things can be, and the way that they maneuver and how that they can improve that them, which the army is working to do, are these the robots that we'll be seeing maybe helping us, being our home butler, helping people that might be handicapped, and we can see that use like that. The development of the iron beam, you can think of the laser technology, it's so cheap, which is why it's being developed, um, as that's going to be rolled out to, in the coming months, the people working on that laser technology, will they leave the army in a few years and then start something using that technology within, the, within lasers? It's so inexpensive to do other terrific things. Maybe, you know, laser eye surgery will improve, laser yeah. for other kinds of heating. Maybe there will be, how can we transform this into other kind of energy of creation, not just to destroy rockets uh, that are being attacked on civilians. So I think in a sense, all this technology that we're seeing for defense and that's being prioritized and expedited right now in the military to keep us all safe, we can see very well that it will have massive ripple effect on helping the world and just regular people in our day-to-day -day lives. Thank you so much for joining us. I love what you guys are doing with uh, Israeli Tech Delivers no matter what. Uh, the fact that you're able to come together so quickly, bring people together that you've worked with or haven't, find new players to help make an impact on our Israeli Tech ecosystem is terrific. Um, I love what you guys are doing and what you're going to be doing in the future. So thank you so much. Um, and for those that are watching this special episode of Israel Tech, you can follow Viola, Startup Nation Central, and GCMO. And our lovely guests here, all the information is down in the description. 
And also you, everywhere you can follow uh, Israel Tech and all of your favorite social media channels, Spotify and Apple.